Welcome to episode 75 of The People on Kechung, 1630 AM. I'm Matthew Timmons. And I'm Ben White. On this episode, our guests are Erica Ryan Stallins and Geneva Jacuzzi. Erica Ryan Stallins is an interdisciplinary artist and educator living in LA. Her work is both research-based and intuitive. Her recent video and performance projects inhabit the wobbly space between social practice and theater. This summer, she'll be creating and exhibiting new work in Denmark and Spain. I mean, my work is really, my recent work is very like research-based. Um, and, and by that, I mean just like what I am interested in in my life and what I would be studying and devoting my time anyway, like has to come out in my art. You know, my art is just an excuse to understand that better, you know, and to place that and to make that physical. Yeah. Geneva Jacuzzi is well known for her uncompromisingly obtuse synth-driven pop and one-of-a-kind performance art that is comprised of one-time-only spectacles and installations. I mean, I think of myself as just this, like, mystical baby that kind of, you know, (laughs) just, like, fell, like, floated down a river and ended up in, like, a gallery or a museum or, you know, put out a record. I mean, I don't, I, to be honest, I don't know what I'm doing half the time. And I think half of that is uh, just embracing it as a mystical process and just kind of owning it. And Geneva was kind enough to allow us to play you one of her songs at the end of this episode. Yes, that was very nice of her. We appreciate it. And now, uh, if you listen to this show at all, uh, you know that we love Asher Hartman. Yes. He is the most mentioned person on this podcast. Uh, We had him as a guest on episode 41. We love him and we love his work. And I want to invite you all to a show coming up at Insert Blanc Press General Projects. It's called If You Happen Along Body Snatch Lane. It's an intimate performance and fundraiser for god-awful National Theater Supernatural Saga, The Dope Elf. And I'm very happy to be hosting the two-night event on June 21st and 22nd to help take Asher Hartman's ambitious six-hour traveling show, The Dope Elf, on tour to Portland's Yale Union and San Francisco's The Lab. And so right now, we're going to play you a short excerpt, a sneak peek behind the scenes of, of an excerpt of a monologue from The Dope Elf. When people see me coming, they're like, shit, that homeless rat, that fucked up meth troll, that shit face strawberry, that skank weed no bath hoe. I give you two dollars. Best of luck. I give you nothing. Suck my cock. How'd you like to fly out the door, my gremlin girl? When they see me coming, they say, get her. They say, oh, Miss Thing, you want a seat at the bar? Well, think again, girl, because you don't belong. Go sleep in your daddy's Ford. When they see me coming, they say, how can I help you? Would you like to try this perfume? Oh, let me hold that for you. Is this your dressing room? They say, do you have a reservation? Oh, yes, bitch. I made it in 1662. Oh, yes, bitch. I made it in 1662. And who are you? Because my daddy owns this place. They say $1.99. They say $2.50 a night. They say eat all you want. They say you what? And all right. They say you broke it. You bought it, girl. Well, I never been broke because I'm dope like that. I'm fly like that. I'm realish. I turn up in a penny, in a cough, in a wet dream, in your bad English. I tell you what to do. I am the system. And you 
are the game, fool! That was Jacqueline Wright as the Dope Elf. And there will be four performances of If You Happen Along Body Snatch Lane on Friday and Saturday, June 21st and 22nd, during the full moon of the summer solstice. So get tickets by going to interblancpress.net and clicking on General Projects at the top of the page. And now that's going to take you to Eventbrite, so you can also just go to Eventbrite and search for the event there. And tickets are going fast, so please get them while you can. Yeah, go get those tickets. And you know that the people features the voices and ideas that make up the cultural landscape of Los Angeles, the West Coast, and beyond. And you also know that it's like a broken record that's magically repaired. So now let's get to our conversation with Erica Ryan Stallings and Geneva Jacuzzi. Erica Ryan Stallings and Geneva Jacuzzi, welcome to the people. Yeah, welcome. Thanks. Thanks for being on the show. Yeah. So you both have work, both videos, correct? Uh, yes. Both yeah. have, have videos mm-hmm. in the uh, Fimbit Festival, uh, which is here in L.A. at the Civic Center Studios. You want to tell us about that festival? Yeah. Um, so Fimbit um, shows a lot of female artists making digital work and performance um, video stuff. I think they're showcasing 75 female artists um, in the Los Angeles area. So, yeah, we're both part of that. And we actually just found out that we're in the same screening. Nice. That's happening tonight. 6 p.m. tonight, tonight. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the show will be out and that'll be over. But you can probably look it up online, probably. Yeah, yeah. probably. Yeah. yeah. Look it up. Um, so they're showing um, my most recent video project, which I made um, the very end of 2018. Uh, it's called Leo Rising. And it is um, it's kind of a furthering of this body of work that I did in 2017 um, called Star Deck Academy, um, where part of that show was that um, myself and um, my collaborator, Artner. Your Artner. As, yeah, yeah, Geneva reminded me. Chelsea Rector <laughs> and I. Um, and so we developed um, different movements that corresponded to each astrological sign. And then we uh, made this long form video piece uh, where we went to different locations in L.A. And there was a different physical location that represented each house um, in the natal chart or whatnot. And so we made these movements um, and then we put the movements in each of the different houses. Uh, So there are I'm going to do the math wrong, but there's 120 maybe um, video clips of these different things. Um, And so for Leo Rising, I was interested to um, just see them uh, in the same correspondence as they are in my chart. So I'm a Leo Rising. Um, And so that means that my first house is in Leo. Um, And so we did the movement for Leo in the first house and then the movement for Virgo in the second house and so on throughout Mm. the chart. Um, And I found 12... um, 12 people, including myself, that also shared Leo Rising. And so we did those movements kind of together in this correspondence. And it's put to some really funny music. Um, is it Blister in the Sun? Is it's that, Blister yeah. in the yeah, Sun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> really cool. Like an 8-bit version? Yeah, kind exactly. Of? Yeah, Cameron yeah. made the music. Oh. Um, I had uh, a feeling. I had a feeling. Yeah. I was like, Cameron? Who's Cameron? Cameron's my husband, my partner, yeah. not my artner. Right. Uh, partner and they, artner. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes they overlap. P-artner. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's a it, it's a fun investigation. And it was uh, we filmed it in front of a green screen. Um, and that so, was a green screen? Yeah. I thought it was just like these beautiful tapestries happening oh behind gosh, you. Oh gosh, that's wonderful. Like, where I did wish. she get those? Yeah, right? Yeah, it's it was a so, ex- so expensive. Yeah. You had like, you had so many of them. I was like, where did she get that budget? Yeah. <laughs> and that, video was, um, that video was originally shown at, um, at PAM. Um, in Highland Park. Oh, yeah. um, they do like house. performance art residencies. Um, 
And so uh, I, I showed that there, and I filmed the whole thing at PAM, too. Right. Nice. Yeah. What are I... you showing, Geneva? Oh, God. Um... <laughs> <laughs> have to edit out all of my laughs. <laughs> no, I'm going to be laughing the whole time. Might as well just keep it in. Um, I'm showing a video that I directed for the musician Julia Holter. I don't know if you guys are familiar oh, with yeah. her. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She's amazing. She's a good friend of mine, too. And she just put out a new record, and she contacted me, and she's like, Geneva, um, do you want to do a video for me? And it's really funny because it happened around a time where I was like, oh, I'm I'm overwhelmed. I don't, I'm not going to take any more videos or projects or anything like that. I'm just going to chill, which I've been saying that for I don't know how many years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, I didn't get back to her right away because I just was going to let it process. And I think I was in bed one night and I had this almost like psychic experience where I remembered this moment. I think it was exactly 10 years earlier where I was watching this Jodorowsky film, Fando and Lise, Fando Elise. Mm -hmm. And I remember there was this moment where I looked at, I was watching the movie and I felt so moved by it emotionally. And then I, but what I've learned later, it's because I'm a Leo. Like, I was like, I am Jodorowsky. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I've had that moment, too. Well, I just, you know, it was this weird moment where I separated and I just believed that I was the person making this film, you know? Yeah. And, I mean, I knew I wasn't Jodorowsky, but I just, there was, there's an essence beneath it that I connected to that I just was like, this is me. And he's insane. Oh, so yeah. he's crazy. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, this narrative of that film just fit perfectly with her music. And I realized that that moment... 10 years ago, I kind of connected to my future self at that present moment that I realized, oh, this is the time that I'm, I go, I am going to be Jodorowsky. I'm oh, going to remake wonderful. this film yeah. for this video. And it turned out to be this like epic adventure that I went on and, and like the process of making it was really intense. You know what I mean? It was kind of more Herzog or like, oh yeah. Well, I mean, the... I've never made a body of work where I don't have a mental breakdown in the middle of it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was trying not to have a mental breakdown. I don't think I did. You know, I kept it together on this one and it was really, <sighs> the video came out really, really good. You know, I'm, I'm really, really happy about it. <laughs> It's really good. But here's the crazy thing is, okay, so I, I, my connection to Jodorowsky was this sort of, uh, it was almost like rooted in this unease that I had a feeling there was going to be some trouble. You know, mm -hmm. I didn't know mm -hmm. that there was going to be some trouble and I didn't know why or what. I mean, he's just notoriously controversial and, right. you know, everyone knows. And then we had to kind of pull the video and I had to completely reconnect. I mean, Whoa. I had to sort of get connected to the reason why I made right, this right. thing, which right. is sort of like, uh, it was, I was kind of focusing on the anima, like this sort of feminine side of the masculine um, and Jodorowsky is this, he, I think he doesn't, or it, for a while he hated women or he loved women. Or I don't know <laughs> right, what it same. is. And yeah. I was just this female making this thing that I connected to. And then I was sort of faced with my own, with my, myself and like the, the fact that I didn't really think this out, mm -hmm. especially considering like what time we're in and everything like that. 
And then, but it ended up being the perfect thing for me to make. And then we did this, I got together with Julia and we sort of thought about it. We wrote this amazing press release for it and we just got on board with like, why are we making this? And it's just like, we are sort of celebrating this side of femininity to Mm -hmm. where we can actually look at our own vulnerability because the characters are, I mean, it's just this really dark story, you know? Mm -hmm. So of course there's going to be controversy surrounding it. And of course I'm going to be bringing it up first thing in this podcast. You know, here we go. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and like but, taking ownership over like the directorial process, you know, exactly. And yourself I in think that we wrote instead. that into the press release, uh-huh. exact word for word. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no. But the truth is, you know, it, I mean, yeah, I resonated with it, and I wasn't thinking, and I was completely impulsive, and I went through this insane struggle in the course of not insane struggle but you know you're up against yourself when you're working on a big project and it was probably the biggest project I've taken Mm -hmm. on so far yeah it's really large in scope the video yeah it's really overwhelming yeah (laughs) well and your your own music videos are so personal and intimate right Um, it has a real difference in that way I think yeah yeah and I really was sort of obsessed with that vulnerability there was something about that feminine that vulnerability that I think because I'm a Leo for example and I'm always exhibiting this like strength strong woman you know but I was getting to this place where I was seeing the beauty in that vulnerability that that I've always been trying to kind of hide or Mm -hmm. mask or plow through or whatever you know what I mean and I really wanted to sort of dive into it in this pro like in this project where Julia became this character that was she was lame like she couldn't walk you know what I mean like she had to be carried throughout the whole video you know and that sort of was very symbolic to me and I think that Jodorowsky has a way of kind of finding the essence in these sort of images and interpreting them that connects to people on this deeper level which is sort of something that resonated with me in making the video and And regardless of controversy I mean Jodorowsky is like such a um like a king of the image, you know? Oh, my God. Everything is just image-based. Yeah, I mean, he just says things for shock value. (laughs) You know, he just will shock you. Yeah. Which people don't do that much anymore. Right, it's kind of out of style. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, So that kind of process, I mean, is that a thing that, y'all's work has in common like obsession and yeah. letting that oh fuel the yeah. project having, yeah. having a nervous breakdown diving mid. in before yeah. thinking about it yeah. like. <laughs> no I, I mean that's not something that's part of my process oh, um, yeah. I am I am an ultimate I mean my my partner is an Aries and he's a dive in you know oh. and, and I am very much I think through I mean I dive right into the idea but I think through everything I mean I'm looking at notes in front of me I over prepare you know mm. um, almost to the point where it stunts me sometimes you know so, right. Yeah. Well, I, I don't was... dive in, but it's definitely obsession fueled. And it's about like just constantly trying to under- your, understand yourself and your relationship to the world, you know? Oh, yeah. Mm. I mean, that's art making in a nutshell right there. Mm. I mean, that's I life in a nutshell. Yeah, right? that's I'm life insane. in a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doodling on this piece of paper. It's really oh, funny. <laughs> that's what it's there for. I have, a, I have an extensive collection of past oh, wow. guests, so you're not walking out of here you with should... it. I'm not a doodler, which I find is a funny thing for being an artist and someone who has spent a long part of my life painting. You know, I don't have a sketchbook practice. I don't doodle at all. Really? I just like, I write in words. You write um, in words. Or I take photographs. Your notebook I, is graph paper. I'll yeah, say my, my notebook yeah. is graph paper, and it's just words. <laughs> I was watching your video, the Leo Rising, and I was thinking, have you? Are you familiar with Gurdjieff? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay, yeah. so I was thinking of the Gurdjieff movement. Yes, sort yes. of. Okay, well, I don't know a ton about Gurdjieff, but I do know that he's this sort of 
I guess he's something like oh, a cro- esoteric philosopher. Yeah, he's a cross between a mystic and a philosopher. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mystic. And there's a long line of like Maurice Nicole and like other yeah. thinkers that have like followed Gurdjieff and like kind of kept with that tradition or broken from it. That's yeah, pretty influential in my own life. But I love yeah, yeah the the physicality of making a movement for an abstract concept just seems so important. You know, right. the embodiment. And as someone who maybe has a hard time being in my body all the time, you know, which probably has to do with the fact that I don't have any earth in my chart, neither does Geneva. I don't have any so, earth in yeah. my chart, yeah. Uh-huh. Well, barely any, but... Um, neither of us are very grounded, yes. apparently. Yes. <laughs> 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 I'm a triple fire, so I'm just hanging out in the flames over there, you know? <laughs> and you have water, fi- you're, you're a cancer. I'm a cancer sun. Yeah, yeah. Um, Scorpio moon, Leo rising. There you go. So, but there's a lot of air in my chart as well. Mm. It's my like everything else is in air. Why is it, do you think, that astrology is like, I mean, obviously it's been around forever, but it feels like past three, four, five years-ish, it's, uh, you see it everywhere in the contemporary mm-hmm. art world. What do you think yeah, up with yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think we're, I mean, so, you know, we're <laughs> constantly looking for meaning you know and our place or whatever and there was I mean when I I graduated uh, grad school in 2011 and like during that process they were still just being like never say the word spiritual you know like everything <laughs> is concrete like that's like not okay you're never going to get anywhere in the art world if you're you know right um dealing with these things you know yeah. are you serious um, yeah absolutely and that's Arts like the only thing right now like the art making practice is just a spiritual practice absolutely it is. absolutely yeah that's yeah. so True. funny it's, i love it, it. swang it's like, swang it swung way away from like french conceptual theory they're basically right? saying yeah. if you want to make any money <laughs> <laughs> well i mean now your if you art. want to make money yeah like make something that talks about like magic or witchcraft oh yeah or nowadays whatever, you know yeah. yeah yeah it's a weird thing like ceramics was a part of that where it was like no huh. don't do ceramics oh don't right yeah that. totally and totally. now it's like yeah every- and everyone got rid of their like ceramics department yeah just and, throwing like, you know, kilns into the, the ocean yeah, yeah exactly so are we saying that the art world is a bit reactionary Temperamental? yeah nah, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. No, we're saying it's very conservative. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. and um, self-referential. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Big takes, hot takes from us. (laughs) Well, I mean, that that esotericism and mysticism, uh, that stuff, where does that fall in your work, Geneva? Where's that? Is it a thing you consider at all, or is it just something that sneaks in? I... I mean, I think of myself as just this, like, mystical baby that kind of, you know, (laughs) just, like, fell, like, floated down a river and ended up in, like, a gallery or a museum or, you know, put out a record. I mean, I don't, I, to be honest, I don't know what I'm doing half the time. And I think half of that is uh, just embracing it as a mystical process and just kind of owning it. Yeah. In a sense, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. N- just trusting that, you know, it's there's something about separating, you know, my intention from what, like, my work and everything like that. And, y- you know, and I have to kind of surrender it to this sort of, like, I am a channel, mm-hmm. you know, for this thing. Because if I think that it really comes from me, like, this is really my idea, then I'm just going to hate it. I'm going to destroy it. I'm not going to let it come out, you know. So you have to kind of embrace that 
magical side of the whole yeah, process, yeah. you know? Yeah, well, and it's like, I mean, my work is really, my recent work is very, like, research-based. Um, and and by that, I mean just, like, what I am interested in in my life and what I would be studying and devoting my time anyway, like, has to come out in my art, you know? My art is just... Um, an excuse to understand that better, you know, and to place that and to make that physical. Um, yeah. You're listening to The People on K Chung, 1630 AM. I'm Ben White. And I'm Matthew Timmons. You can find us every third Sunday at 3 p.m. on K Chung Radio. That's 1630 AM. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts by searching for The People Radio. And really, you can find us on your favorite podcast app, wherever you find podcasts. Just search for The People Radio, and the people are there. Yeah, and if you get an opportunity to leave a rating or review, we really appreciate it. And what we appreciate even more is if you tell a friend who might be interested. Tell a friend, yeah. Uh, And now let's get back to our conversation with Erica Ryan Stallins and Geneva Jacuzzi. So, Geneva... Yeah. Um, I hear that you were raised a Jehovah's Witness. Yes, I was. Yeah. Is there anything you'd like to tell us about that? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Well, you know, it's funny. Like, up until this year, I didn't really want to talk about that. It was something that I just didn't... I don't know. I just didn't want people knowing. I just kind of... I put it in a little box, and I was like, that was there. And that was then. This is now. We're not going to put this into our practice. And then I had this kind of crazy thing happen earlier this year Um, that just sort of, I don't know, it was like it opened up Pandora's box. And I thought that, you know, I had kind of gotten over this whole thing. And then I freaked out. Well, I didn't really freak out, but it just, I had this opening. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Much better than a freak out. It was an opening. Mm -hmm. And... All of the sudden, I looked back on all the work that I had done over the last 20 years, and I was like, oh, shit. You know, like... It was there the whole time. It was there Mm, the whole time. And it was me just, just not struggling, but just desperately trying to find this identity through these all of these different practices and all of these different characters that I created and performances and songs and da 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 da, da. And, and I remember through the process of it, it was just always intense, you know? There was this practice that I put in that was like this intensity that it was a little bit self-destructive. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, like coping. Yeah. Yeah. And it got me to this point where I did not want to make art anymore because it was, I just was like, I can't keep just ripping through this like process, this like painful process of like, you have to go, you have to do it. And like, what am I trying to prove? Mm -hmm. I'm trying to prove something Mm -hmm. and I don't know what it is. And then I realized that I wasn't trying to prove anything really. I just was trying to... I don't know, find myself, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) in a way. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, it's like that religion is really, really psychedelic, you know. Mm -hmm. It's it's actually a cult. I mean, psychedelic at its best, you know, and cult at its, you know. At its worst. I mean, it's fine. It is what it is. I've actually, you know, I've kind of made peace with it. But there was there were these themes that were kind of like running through a lot of uh, the plays I've written and the performances I did and these like videos that I was doing. 
And, you know, there was this, like, well, one of the themes would be this, like, Freudian, like, mourning and melancholia thing that was happening. And just uh, a few months ago, I decided to open up the whole Jehovah's Witness thing and then kind of find communities um, of people who had left the cult or religion or whatever and just connect to them, which is Mm -hmm. something I would have never done before. Sounds like a nightmare. It sounds like a nightmare. I know. It is so intense. Like, do you really want to talk to people who have the same issues as you? No. No, Of course I don't. Yeah. Yeah. But then... You have to look at yourself. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. It was really scary. And I was like, you know, and I realized, like, I have to do this. And I just went and I, like, would go to these meetups with these extra witnesses. And Uh I would just, like, listen to their stories you know and with the intent of trying to I don't know maybe learn something about myself you know in the process of it and um that that whole morning melancholia thing came up because there's something about that religion when I okay I grew up thinking that I was physically not just spiritually physically immortal you're one of the 144,000 no I was one of, you know, God's chosen people that when Armageddon comes, my everyone else would be destroyed. Ah, and I uh-huh. would live in my physical body forever. Well, I mean, that makes you treat your body a whole lot differently. Cool. Well, it makes you completely not give a fuck about your body because uh, it's just going to go on forever. You know, I mean, huh. that's how they get people to basically give their lives over to this organization because it's like, oh, this is just a temporary system. We're going to live forever in the paradise after Armageddon comes, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And if anyone dies, for example, oh, they're going to be resurrected in their physical form. Hmm. This isn't mm-hmm. going to be a spiritual thing. It's not reincarnation. It's like they're just going to be the same person they were. Uh-huh, uh-huh there's like okay yeah so some people have a hard time mourning and they don't really you know like the whole concept of like the Freudian like mourning and melancholia thing is Mm -hmm. like you know there's this process that happens you have the libidinal energy like going towards the object of love and when it goes away or dies or whatever there's this like you know phase of denial that happens where it's like oh this isn't really happening and then for like the pathological well that for the normal person they they get the call of reality, quote unquote, and they realize I have to let go of this thing and move on and learn from it or sort of, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. incorporate this into my appreciation for life and blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah. I mean, take it and move with it. You know, it's <clears> like Take I, it and move with it. Yeah. Move on. Anyway. I mean, I was, uh, I was also raised in, uh, I was saying my, um, my dad's dad was a Baptist minister. Um, my dad's a bit of a hippie, but I was still raised in the church. Um, and, you know, uh, pros and cons, you know, with that. But um, I feel like the, the one thing that it taught me that was really, um, has been persistent in my life uh, is a questioning of, um, of spirituality and that that is a necessary part of growth in any way. Um, and I feel, and I feel like wow. that's a, I mean, that's a dividing line with like, yes, it's okay to ask questions or no, it's not okay to ask mm-hmm. questions. You're going to go to hell and like that, oh, you know? Yeah. So I was really lucky, I think, to have this like, no, like you can like push, you know, if it's like systems are meant to push against and to right. understand better, you know? Yeah. That wasn't the case with the job. <laughs> <laughs> If you asked any questions, uh-huh. you get kicked out. Uh-huh. Or yeah. you get shamed or shunned or whatever. Yeah. I was actually shunned. I'm excommunicated. Yeah. So I'm not allowed to speak to my mom or my family or anything. Wow. Like that. It's really insane. Yeah. You know, but yeah, I mean, I don't, that, that whole thing that I was like 
talking about with the inability to mourn and Mm -hmm. like that whole how it's like it's really fascinating because when you don't mourn when you think that you're gonna live forever and in the case of like the Jehovah's Witnesses which they are in some like extreme other territory where they think they're immortal you know what I mean it's like so someone dies and you're not mourning them properly Mm -hmm. like something happens like you're you're not allowed to feel that sadness so that you internalize mm-hmm. you almost cannibalize that person oh, yeah. into your yeah, yeah, psyche yeah. yeah and then it creates that separation in you which <sighs> then almost like gives your like super ego carte blanche to shame yourself mm-hmm. or to create that mm-hmm. that whole separation mm-hmm. thing mm-hmm. that happens which is actually kind of gurgif in a weird yeah. way when you talk about the fourth way which is like all these separations that happen in our psyche and stuff like that anyways long story short you know what i mean throughout my whole practice i was basically fragmented into like a thousand different selves and acting them out with you know on stage and plays and all this crazy stuff and I didn't realize that I was sort of like I had sort of internalized a lot of that um libidinal energy and it was basically just ripping me apart and when I realized that I can just let that stuff go then I kind of saw it objectively and now I want to make art about it right well I saw it like um (laughs) <laughs> the, sh- the shattering of the self and the different personas and everything is like such a big part of your practice, you know, and oh, one yeah. that I'm super interested in. Well, it's funny. I mean, I was actually baptized in, in a jacuzzi. <gasps> That's incredible. It was like, yeah, it wasn't really that spectacular. But um... <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I was, yeah, dunked up on stage. You were on yeah. a stage? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, like back, back behind the... Where there's the, where they the have plexiglass. Yeah, yeah. exactly, but it's like they, it was full, yeah, you same, know, it was same full season. drenching. Full immersion. Yeah. How yeah, old Baptist. were you when you were baptized? I was 12. You were 12? Yeah, so they did a big, like, it's gotta be your choice. Right, yeah, I love how it's your choice. Well, <laughs> <right>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I said no the first time, though, like, um, I mean, I was very when religious you were nine. as a child, but yeah, a friend called me, I was like, let's get baptized, and I was like, I don't think I'm ready for that yet. Oh my god, I love that. So you were baptized at 12. Yeah. The age yeah, of yeah, consent. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> 12 is my favorite number. It's a great oh, number. I don't think it was a very good year for me, but it's right. a very good number. It is a mystical number, yeah. right? Yeah. Are you into numerology? I am trying to be. I'm super interested <laughs> in it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, my, like, my... My last body of work before Star Deck was uh, called The Box Set, and it was like a basically an investigation of the numbers one through four, um, and like the I call it, I said the quality of quantity, you know. So I was just looking at all these different systems and understandings of those numbers and their affiliations. I know. Can you talk a little bit more about the Star Deck? Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Thank so you. yeah, this the Star Deck um is a is a deck of cards um that I produced for uh, Star Deck Academy. Um Star Trek references fully intended. Um, awesome. And it is uh yeah, so it, this was I actually started with I made these 22 um paintings for myself um, that were an interpretation of my own natal chart to try to understand it because I was just starting to get interested in astrology. Mm -hmm. But I mean, that whole interesting, it's always a push and pull came from the fact that I wasn't able to like readily identify with those systems. I hate being boxed. I hate somebody else telling me what I'm supposed to be, you know? Mm. Um, So I wanted to like understand it for myself. So I made these cards that were specific to my chart. 
Um, like, uh, you know, like my Leo in the first house and my, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so the star deck was my um, attempt to see if I could do that at a more universal level, you know, like to see if I could. I mean, obviously, other people have been interested in like what image the sun makes and the moon makes. And there's mm-hmm. all this history and research that goes into it. So these were kind of equally like research based and also very intuitive. Right. So they have to um, I mean, they have to be caught up in my own experience of them. So, yeah. So I made um, the star deck is right in front of me. And it has, um, it's 56 cards. Um, and it has, so it has like a symbol for, um, for all of the planets um, and for all of the astrological signs and for all of the houses. Um, and then also for a lot of asteroids and other aspects like, um, like the North Node and the South mm-hmm. Node and um, MC and IC and all of these things. Um, so yeah, so I made these kind of universal symbols into a deck. Was the first time that you showed them? Was that that show yeah, at yeah, Elephant? Yeah, that was right? an Elephant. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. uh-huh. that was Elephant. Was it was it was funny because it's I'm. Can I look at them right yeah, now? Yeah, I'm right an now. extreme uh, overachiever to a fault, you know. And so that was my attempt to make a simpler show. I was like, I'm only going to collaborate with one person. And those are those <laughs> videos, but we made 144 videos. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I made you know, and I made these cards, and then there were 98 paintings that were up uh, uh, yeah. in the show. Um, so you know, <clears throat> I do a little bit too much, but yeah, that's where the cards came from. And I'm glad uh, that you showed some restraint. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, good. Thanks. <laughs> yeah minimal. It filled well, like literally the entire space. But yeah. I'm hoping to um, to do a second edition soon um, to do another pressing. We were just With new drawings or just the same? No, deck same over drawings. Okay. I think. I mean, I'm tempted. Cameron is I'm always sorry. pushing back because, of course, I'm like, well, now I have to revise everyone. Now I have new information, and I have to, you know, go back and enter my own understandings of everything. Mm. Um, but yeah. Do you ever? Okay, you know when you're at home and something's happening and you don't know what to do and you're kind of spinning around you're like I don't know what to do do you ever pull out the star deck and you're Um, like just Cameron and I have been experimenting a lot with that in the morning like uh, because I made these and they kind of correspond loosely to the tarot but not specifically you know um I mean all these systems layer on top of one another um but yeah we've been doing a series we found that the the best way to use the deck, at least from my experience, is to do kind of a blind drawing of three cards, you know? I love the three card. relationships. Yeah. I love the three yeah. card. I actually pulled three cards today before I came here. <gasps> what did here. you pull? Well, I was thinking, oh, I'm going to do this with Erica. I'm going to get into the zone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm so interested. I should have pulled cards. I did. I was like, because I didn't know how to prepare for this. Mm-hmm. so you went to the tarot i went to the tarot and so i pulled the okay the first one was the three of cups Uh uh-huh the second one was the queen of swords oh i love the queen of swords i bet you do oh man yeah what deck do you use just the writer the Uh the uh old school yeah i like the writer and oh the third one was the fool Oh my gosh, what a wonderful omen. I know. And then oh, I was I like, this pool. is going to be fine. We're going to be fine. <laughs> yeah. I don't need right. to do any other preparation. I kind of identify with the Queen of Swords, and I don't know if it's that, because I, I use sometimes the the Crowley deck, and I don't mm-hmm. know how to feel about Crowley. I have lots of, you know, lots of feelings, sure. just like we do about Yodorowsky. Um, yeah. But, uh, but I love that image of the Queen of Swords. It's just, she's like, um, She's this like she's got this long strawberry blonde hair and she's like naked on top and like holding this giant sword and I'm like that's me in like battle mode. Yeah, you know? that's. I like... don't think it's my true self that like everybody else sees, but I'm like that's right. that's when I need when I need myself. Well, it's also communication. You know, the swords mm-hmm. or the air, the communication, and mm-hmm. that's kind of us today, sort of communicating queens. 
Yeah. <laughs> Communicating queens. <laughs> and then I just decided to be the fool for the whole thing. So I was like, that's, that's going to, that, that'll be my angle. <laughs> well, everybody should, who's, if you're listening to this, you should go to Erica's website and check. There's images of them. Up there, there are images. Yeah. Right. And I'll try, I might even put up a, a pre sale button. Oh, that would I'm be I'm looking really at them right now. Yeah. And they're gorgeous. So beautiful. Yeah. And they're kind of delicate, but there's also an element of menace to them. Oh, good. And I hope they're funny, too. You know? No. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Actually... I hope everything they is funny. They're funny. There's some whimsy. I mean, I was just I there's at least at the, whimsy. You know? I just pulled the um, the moon and the Gemini card because we've got a new moon and Gemini coming up oh. tomorrow, which will be in the past for all of you listening. But um, the Gemini card is one of my favorites because it kind of reminds me of like a um, flying Dorito chip. You know? Oh, yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. You're listening to The People on K-Chung, 1630 AM. I'm Matthew Timmons. And I'm Ben White. Remember, you can find The People on Apple Podcasts by searching for The People Radio. Or you can go to anywhere else where you get your podcasts. We're everywhere. Yeah, just search for The People Radio. You'll find us. And now back to our show with Erica Ryan Stallings and Geneva Jacuzzi. So, Erica, I hear you're doing this residency in Spain. I'm doing this residency in Spain, yeah. Like, as this um, as this is airing, I will be on my way to... Actually, we're going to Copenhagen first um, to uh, for a wedding and a summer solstice festival. And I'm going to... Um, I'm making my first commissioned, like, family um, painting for that. Um, in Copenhagen? In Copenhagen, yeah. Um, or for... I'm making it now. Oh, cool. Um, so I'm going to bring it for that. Um, but Have you then, ever been to Christiana in no. Copenhagen? It's like this little... Oh, yeah. Cameron oh, talked hit, about like it. Yeah, the anarchist. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, when you... It's like you are now leaving the EU. When you walk through, it's amazing. Yeah, we're going to go. That's on the list. Um, And then we're headed to um, to Vigo, to uh, Galicia, Spain, um, which is like near Portugal, um, to this residency called Oceanic Sound Art. Um, And they... they facilitate these like uh, creative residencies, but not entirely artists um, having to do with um, with the location right there on the coast and um, and with sound. And so Cameron and I are both going um, and we're going to be overlapping with some marine biologists from the Netherlands. Um, and I'm not entirely sure what we're going to do, but I'm really excited. But you're um, going to force them to collaborate with you. We are going yeah. to force collaboration. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. That's yeah. Or yeah. yeah. It's so crazy when you do these residencies and you don't know what you're going to do. I know. Well, I haven't been, I feel like I was kind of counted out of the whole residency thing for a long time because I was painting and my paintings took me so long. Um, I was like, how do I get it there? How do I create something in a short amount of time? But now that I'm working um, on quicker things and I'm working with more performance and video, Mm -hmm. um, that really opens it up for me. So yeah, so we're, um, yeah, we'll see what we do. Um, We're going to collaborate, Cameron and I some, and with these other forced collaborators and, um, and I think I, I'm interested in exploring um, some more workshops, I guess, um, mm-hmm. as part of Leo Rising. I was talking about the video that I'm showing tonight. Um, we uh, when when that was shown, I did these. Um, I did this rising sign meditation workshop where mm-hmm. I taught the audience like their um, their rising signs, these movements, um, and that was really. Um, it was really helpful for me, and it was surprisingly mm-hmm. successful. Um, so, yeah, so I'm excited to kind of see what happens there. That's so interesting. It's like you were mentioning how you are someone who really prepares for something. Yes. You know, so when you're going into a residency where you don't know where 
you're going yeah, to do. Yeah, purposefully not preparing. Yeah. So you're just intentionally yeah, going. Yeah, well, I know slate. that I'm going to be painting a mural for them. They have this wall. Okay. Um, and so I'm going to do um, like a, a chart reading for the residency and okay, produce cool. something that has something to do with that location and time and space. Um and go from that. But yeah, I, I guess I, I have to, because I am someone who prepares so much, I have to purposefully leave blank spots in my mind, right. you know, so that it can be filled more intuitively. Right. Yeah. There's something when I, I sometimes I get these people contacting me to do like a performance at mm-hmm. a place or at a museum or something crazy, intimidating like that. And they're like, okay, just do your thing. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and I have this. <laughs> I mean, you're with, an over preparer. Like everything know, you do insane. has costumes and stage it's design out of and theme. control. It's out <laughs> yeah. of control. It's traumatizing. Okay, so this is like <laughs> a good transition, right? Into um, we share we share a lot of things because Geneva and I were born ten days apart. You're older than me. I'm ten days older. <laughs> <laughs> and you have so much more wisdom. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We share it with you. Um, but we also share all of these really important kind of defining characteristics mm-hmm. in our chart um, that I'm so excited to talk about. One of them being um, that we have Jupiter and Saturn conjunct in Libra. So, so being oh, for people who are like, so God. Saturn is like self-regulation. It's restriction. This kind of like, yeah, restriction. And, and like, for me, like self-authority, you know, oh, and, um, yeah. and Jupiter is like where nothing can hold you back, you know, it's like, yeah, like Jupiter is expansion. Yeah. Saturn is restriction. Right. And then and so having those combined and having those combined in this, in the sign of Libra. equilibrium and right. balance, balance and indecision. I think it's like, the only thing that saved us in a weird yeah. way though too. Yeah. Know. I like, um, for most, not most of my life, because I wasn't really thinking about astrology most of my life. But um, for the last, like when, when I first became aware of that, I was like, oh, well, this is all of my problems, right? It's like, yeah, it's everything. I just try to like go and then I stop myself, you right. know? Um, but, but I'm coming into a more balanced idea of it, you know? Well, I don't yeah. know. How does it feel to you? Oh, you know, it's weird. It's like Saturn is, if for people who don't know, Saturn is that it's the shit kicker. It's reality. It's, it's, it's real life it's restriction it's like the call of reality I guess is what I would say like you having to deal with the day-to-day stuff like okay let's say you want to lose weight it's not just gonna happen you have to work out right. every day <laughs> yeah. for six months uh, yeah, yeah, and yeah, then yeah, you'll yeah. see maybe a slight difference but you gotta keep going I mean it's a nightmare you yeah. know what I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. it's the least fun thing in the world right right <clears throat> Jupiter is the most fun thing in the world right yeah and it's, those are inextricably linked for yeah. people like us um yeah so yeah. well you know what i learned to do is embrace the saturn mm-hmm, stuff mm-hmm. and try and find well hmm, I, yeah i just had to surrender to it yeah. i just kind of had to be like you know what i've got these issues i've got these problems and that's me and whatever and well uh, and i think it makes so you <laughs> i mean it's what makes us like overachievers you know um can y'all talk about astrology as a system in relationship to like belief and like oh, w- yeah. levels of belief and uh, versus like just in a way to organize your life or to yeah, move through yeah, life yeah, yeah. or explore yourself. Yeah, I I always describe it as like a um as as language, you know, and a and a way to describe yourself, you know. And so yeah. I I'm you know I'm not into this like um kind of like fate driven like um 
like a, you know, a written in stone interpretation, you mm-hmm. know, but it's like whether you buy into it or not, um, I think it can be equally applicable and equally valuable to you because if there's, you know, like absence is just as important as presence, you know, yeah. like the fact that we have no earth in our charts like defines, you know, how we're always trying to root ourselves because it's not totally. like a natural impulse. And for someone who doesn't even believe in astrology, I mean, then just think of yourself as this person who enters the planet with no identity and we're constantly looking around us to find things to identify with oh that's me I look at that person in that cool punk rock outfit or whatever and I'm like that's me I'm gonna dress like that and someone there's this grid that's set out for you that's like oh well you're a cancer you're gonna be like this you're gonna decorate your house and you're gonna do all this stuff you know whatever you know and in a way like people they like that they need that. They need some kind of Well, it's of the like... only way, like, to, to, to accurately see the environment that you're born into is the only way to transcend it, right? Right, like to, right. To be able to see, like, what exactly. to take from it. That's freedom. Yeah, absolutely. That's freedom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, astrology is freedom, Show everyone. over. <laughs> solved it for you. We'll move that bit to the end. So it's <laughs> just... And also, right on Geneva that. just told me, and I was not, because I'm really bad at, like, future... Um, like prediction and knowing mm-hmm. what's going to happen. I always just know like what's happening right now. But Geneva just told me that um, Saturn and Jupiter will be conjunct again in 2020. Oh, it's a big deal. It's in called... Libra. Yeah, it's called... Oh, wait, it's in Libra? No, I thought you said that. Oh, okay, never well, mind. I don't know what it... But this is called the Great Conjunction. And, okay, you want to know an interesting factoid Please? about this? Is that all presidents elected during the Great Conjunction were either either died in office <laughs> or had attempted assassinations? So whoever gets elected in twenty twenty. Oh no! So should we not elect? I think our I'm favorites? voting for Trump. <laughs> <laughs> well, everyone, you heard it. You heard it here. <laughs> yeah. Again, that would be Geneva Jacuzzi. Who said that? <laughs> Oh, man, I got to think about who we can sacrifice, right? For well, the good of humanity, you know, okay, everyone. so, well, JFK was one of them. Yeah. Okay. Um, but then the last couple, actually, Barack also has the Saturn Jupiter mm. conjunct thing, too. He's also an INFJ, if we want to say Oh, yeah. Mention. Are you an INFJ, too? I vary. I'm an NF. And oh, okay. the, the I and the E and the F and the J, and J. This is like what we're talking about is it's like a Myers young. Myers Briggs, right? Yeah, the Myers Briggs. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We're going into Carl Jung and all that. Systems. It's all the same. System. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what was I saying? Oh, yeah. So there was, but the last couple presidents didn't die. They were, but they did have an attempted assassination. I think it was, uh, oh, yeah. um, Reagan, the year we were born. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, So he, I guess someone shot him. Yeah, 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 yeah. But he survived. Oh, yeah. He made it. And then I yeah. read on some chart that Bush, who was elected on the other one, I guess someone threw a grenade at him or something, but it didn't detonate. Or, yeah. I don't know. That oh, I don't remember like that. that. I think that was kind of a stretch. But, okay. You know. So we're bound for tragedy, but in an interesting way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what happens when you're president. Yeah, right. <laughs> so you're you're We're bound to be ready. a president. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Queens, oh, presidents, whatever. But what I hear you saying is that these systems, if it's Myers Briggs or astrology or whatever, right. I mean, these are just or like Enneagram or things. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, these I'm just, just endlessly fascinated with those. They're just, just useful. They're useful systems. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Are you interested in the like the kind of the history, the development of the astrological system, like? Have you, I mean, I'm I'm assuming you've 
you're a research person, so you've probably researched this. Yeah, pretty... yeah, I've looked into it a little yeah. bit. Um, I mean, yes and no. I actually picked up this book that was the history of astrology, and I read it for a while. But then, as with many things, it was just written from such a man voice that I had to put it down, um, which is a problem with, I think, a lot of the early astrology texts, you know, just sure. like when they were developed and then trying to read that through a more gender-neutral, um, allowable voice is, is difficult. Yeah. And it seems like that's gone 180 degrees right right yeah right now it's like yeah it's connected with all of this like kind of like femme witch culture maybe too much yeah do you think maybe too much yeah well because it takes anything that takes it away from one audience and gives it just specifically or essentializes one yeah yeah set of absolutely right absolutely and says like you like if you are like this you're allowed to find value in this and if you are not like this you know something else is for you do you when you're you know, releasing your work or having performances or whatever you're doing, do you look at the charts to decide what day you want to do that? Um, sometimes, yeah, yeah, sometimes. <laughs> I, I look at a lot of people's charts always when I'm collaborating something. It's like, it's just, a, oh. I, I need somewhere to organize from, mm. you know? And so that becomes astrological a lot of times, mm. just as a cis, like as anything else could, you know? But um, yeah, so like the star deck started with me doing Chelsea's chart and I made all of her trumps for her and so I'm pretty intimately equated with that and then finding all of these leo risings it's like yeah it's just a starting point to find commonality or how did you find all the leo risings oh my gosh that's an interesting um so i some of them were like intimate friends i like started by asking friends and um some were down and some turned me down and it all has i mean you know leo rising like Leo rising means you love to be in the spotlight, mm-hmm. um, but that can mean different things for different people. You know, I'm a pretty big introvert. And so I, I would never say yes to be part of somebody else's Leo rising thing because I hate participating, <laughs> you know, right. I want to lead. And so I didn't blame anyone for not wanting to participate. Um, but I found a lot of people on, I use like, um, like LA casting networks online oh and my find God. a lot of just strangers <laughs> who reply really? to Yeah. And then I made them like prove it by showing me their chart. <laughs> um, so I have a lot of like really interesting people who participated. Also in my Leo Rising was my high school drama teacher. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Of course, drama teacher, Leo Rising. Right, there you go. right, totally. <laughs> so along these lines of kind of how we organize things, I was interested in process and, um, and how we generate ideas. Um, and so I'm interested in you, Geneva, and maybe for myself, like what comes first for you? Is it the words, the music, the images, the idea? Like how do you, where's your starting point? Mm, you know, it's funny. I... My process is weird. Like usually, like for example, if I do a, I mean, the music making process is like a whole other thing, but the external, um, when I do a show, for example, or a performance or video, it always kind of starts with someone approaching me about something Mm. at some point. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, do you want to do this show? Yeah. 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 Me too. I work so well that way. And I'm like, uh, yeah. (laughs) As if I know what I'm going to do. And so I always, I used to just sort of look around and like, where's the show going to take place? Like, where am I at? And also, like, what weird thing am I interested in at this moment? Or what weird problem do I have to work through right now? Sometimes it's something really annoying, like Mm -hmm. some kind of annoying fear. And then I often will just turn all of these different ingredients into like kind of like a mythos or like some sort of mythology yeah. and then kind of reenact that for the performance or whatever just write a story based around that and it's always like me kind of asking a question as to how to deal with yeah. my own right. personal problems <laughs> <Right>. basically <laughs> absolutely yeah our art is just dealing with our personal issues i would love the audience to else. tell me how to deal with this problem <laughs> 
like, right. that's that's the, that would be the end of a performance. Like, okay, yeah, so well, how do you think this right. works well, out? You know what ends what, up happening is because when I'm in, because my shows are so elaborate, you know, I've got like costumes and video and sound and this and that and then all the emails and all that, you know, what happens when you do like a big performance and stuff. I'm constantly up against myself in the process. Mm-hmm. So I learn so much. Like, I, you know, I ask the question and I get the answer throughout the process. And then sometimes I don't really know how it's going to end up. And then, mm-hmm. and then you I have pres- to be able to like relinquish a little yeah. bit of control, you know? And oh, for, yeah. I think for people like us, I don't know, you, I was going to ask about collaborating and if you do or if you just kind of, um, you know, if you're directing more than collaborating or whatnot. But um, it's, it's about like how much freedom you're willing to give people, you know, and yeah. how far they can go outside of the realm that you had envisioned, you know. I either like to be in total control or I really like it when other people are in total oh, control. Okay, too. yeah, yeah. I don't like, like I, other people to be in control. But I do like to be able to define for myself. <laughs> I don't, I don't um, want to. Like how far is okay yeah. to go? Like it's like <clears> if, if they show up with wearing like I'm going to tell them exactly what to wear and if Mm -hmm. they wear something else that's okay you know it's like if if this fails I I have to kind of leave room for failure and things you know and if everything falls apart or if ever if people don't participate with the video in the way that I envision that that's okay you know yeah sometimes I'll work on other people's projects and I'm just like tell me what to do whatever (laughs) you want to do I will follow direction I want to be the perfect person for you yeah it feels like a luxury you know yeah no I enjoy that you know and I learn from them so Mm -hmm. when I'm doing something where I want them to do what I want them to do I can do it right at least or something I don't know yeah yeah (laughs) Um, but it's always, it's always one or the other. I'm not really good at like equal collaboration. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There are very few people I think <laughs> that <Leo>. I can <laughs> collaborate with. Yeah. <laughs> well, Erica, Geneva, thank you so much for joining us. Thank Thanks. you guys for being that on the show. That was so much fun. <laughs> You've been listening to The People on Chung, 1630 AM. I'm Ben White. And I'm Matthew Timmons. You can find us on Apple Podcasts by searching for The People Radio. And pretty much everywhere else you get your podcast by searching for The People Radio. So check us out there. Yeah, and when you're there, if you can leave a rating or review, do that. It really helps us out. Or also tell a friend if you think someone you know would like the podcast. Absolutely. And our interstitial music, as always, is Fifth by Lewis Keller. Love Lewis Keller. Big ups to Lewis. And we're going to go out with a track from our guest, Geneva Jacuzzi. It's off the album La Maze from Vinyl International. And the name of the track is Do I Sad?
We'll we'll end it on flying burrito. Or, uh, <laughs> okay. Dorito. Flying Dorito. Not the flying burrito brothers, flying but burrito. Flying, flying burrito, burrito chip. <laughs>